Hey, happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome back to the I-5 Corridor's Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. Shane, we got we got two days left of being able to talk about Colorado. And I can't wait. <laughs> Let's juice it for what it's worth. Like that, so that's, that's I, I think, anyways, hello, everybody. We, we got a football game on Saturday. It's Oregon versus Colorado. It's number, what is Oregon up to now? Number 13? 10. Number 10 versus number 19? Yeah. Which is a matchup that... Nobody really envisioned uh, four weeks ago, um, but it's here. And having covered this beat for ten years now, I, I think this might be one of the more uniquely the the more unique run ups to a game that I can really remember for being week one of the Pac twelve season. Well, also, I mean, can you remember a game since you've covered the team um, where? It's gotten this much hype, but there seems to be a consensus that it'll be extremely one sided on the field. That that's that's why it's pretty unique. Like maybe maybe the inverse of the Georgia game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like maybe yeah. this is, maybe this is how Georgia felt. But like it's not like anybody was like pumping Oregon up at the start of last year. Like oh, this is right. a potential because it, it feels like this week, and I'm sure it's gonna feel this way in Eugene. Like kind of reminiscent to UCLA game last year. Absolutely. Where it's funny because you have other good games. This year. Like USC is coming to Austin later this year. And that's that's the game for me where it's like, whoa, that's the one. Um, but now you've got this game. And again, I'm not the only one that thinks it's going to be pretty one-sided. Like it seems like there's a vast consensus and yet everybody's going to be watching this game. It, it was funny watching the, uh, I DVR'd the, the Colorado State game so I could watch like the whole second half of that and, or the second and third and fourth half of that game. Too late for you? <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. Well, I had to come back from, uh, oh, that's uh, right. um, but watching that game and, you know, I, I think we all get caught up a little bit as as fans a bit, especially when it's not a team that like you fully cover. And so, like, there was definitely a bit of like, it would be awesome for Colorado State to win this game. Like, what a story! What a game that was, anyways, right. overall. But then you really started to realize, like, for for this game in in Eugene on Saturday to have like the electricity that's going to have. I mean, shoot, that game last week had what was it, nine million viewers for like a late something late like night that. slot. Like this game, this game Saturday is going to crush that. It's on ABC. It's at noon. Noon thirty. Uh, yeah, noon thirty. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was just like okay, I, you kind of wanted Colorado to win that one just to like see this circus. But I, I think that's really more what it's going to be. Like I, I don't think Colorado can match up with Oregon on the football field. But but the one thing I will give them though is they've had three straight weeks of having to play under like the huge spotlight, Absolutely. especially this early in the season. Like they've had to like uh, in baseball they talk about. Uh, pitch count for pitchers a lot but then they'll also dive into like how many of those were actually like pressure pitches like pitches where like you had to do something pressure snaps yeah and colorado has three straight games of that like if if this game happens to get into a shootout and it's in the fourth quarter like i think all bets are off i just don't think it's going to get to that point i don't either and i the, the thing that's been kind of frustrating is like it seems like we aren't allowed to talk about um what colorado is and isn't without one side on either either end of it whether it's media or the team itself like and i say we like not that i'm out there pumping some narrative but um without there being so much blowback and like i think you can sit here and be honest like there's one facet of the game right now that colorado is extremely good at if not elite at and that is their passing game like say what you will but like sanders is a really good quarterback and they have great weapons even without travis hunter other than that like I don't think they have a positional or matchup advantage against Oregon in any way. And quite honestly, their defense has been 
yeah. pretty bad statistically, and so is the running game. It's. I think it does. I mean, none of this does a disservice to Colorado because that school has made gobs of money over the last like three weeks and will continue to do so. And this is only going to help their recruiting and everything else going forward. But especially with all the national media that have descended on this, it's turned into such a can Coach Prime turn this into a playoff team or national championship or bust or mm-hmm. it's 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 either that or it's got to blow up and it's got to be terrible. Like there's I. The one thing I hate about college football these days, and this is something that Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer was tweeting about yesterday, is just like the 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 need for polarity or just like having a team be boom or bust is I think it's really kind of ruined some of the nuance of the game. I totally agree. That's um, the argument. That's that's one of the arguments for the NFL. Yeah. Um, And I think the twelve team playoff will help that. Did um, now now that we're three games out of the the conference season and and we can expand to Oregon and Oregon State here. uh, Oregon State's got a hell of a game this weekend too with uh, Washington State out on the Palouse. Do you feel better about these teams? Do you feel worse about these teams? Do you kind of feel about the same? Like, how, how are you feeling going into Pac-12? Similarly, um, they they kind of both had two weeks where they blew out their opponents, and then they each had a week where it was like, okay, there's some things to fix. In Oregon's case, that was in a really hostile road environment um, against a pretty good Texas Tech team. And for Oregon State, that was San Diego State last week. Um, but I was going to say, I want to dive more to that, but I'm generally curious because you said you DVR'd it, like, what was your experience watching the Colorado Colorado State game and like not doing it in the moment when there was like so much going on on social media? It, it felt like a big moment for college football. What was your experience? Well, I was I was just slightly behind okay. because, because I I hightailed it out of Autzen and I wrote my stadium or I wrote my story back up okay. back up okay. here. So I I think by the time commercials and stuff like I was you were in it. Yeah, okay. I I was in it. Um, Question stands though. What was your what man the. Colorado makes some untimely mistakes and like they shouldn't <laughs> like Bo Nix is going to carve them up. Like Mount, uh, uh, Colorado state's quarterback looked freaking great in that game at certain times. He obviously threw some picks, but uh, those crossing routes though. I yeah. Mean, it's just, yeah. And, and you don't, you don't think like Will Stein and, and Oregon's offense, which has a lot of receivers that can run some pretty freaking speedy crossing routes. Aren't going to be able to like carve that up. But, and you texted me this in the post game when when Shadur was doing his live interview on Sports Center. He's like, "I had to go Brady mode or or whatever." He said, "There was a little like he's got some moxie there, man. Like like there's there's certain players that when you watch them, you're like, okay, he's going to make a like he's got to make a play here where yeah. you kind of trust it." And it's so funny because I've now watched maybe like forty of his snaps, like <laughs> like overall. But yeah, it it was it was fun. But I. I think Oregon's in a good position where we were a little bit critical that that Texas Tech game was so close down the stretch and that they had to really kind of like knuckle up and, and win that fourth quarter in a tough environment. They're obviously playing at home this week on Saturday, but like that's going to be one of the more unique college football oh, yeah. environments that we've ever seen. I'm thrilled. Um, so I, I think Oregon having to go through a little bit of adversity there in week two at least like gives them something because Hawaii gave them nothing and, and Portland State gave them nothing. ESPN almost got caught with their pants down on that game, though, because it, it was it was like in the fourth quarter that we finally got like the Jay Norville like bio. It was like right. the, <laughs> it, it it was like a bizarre experience. Like, I don't I I think because there's some weeks that I'm again I'm not going to say that I'm covering games every weekend because I'm not um, right now at least. But when I'm out covering games, um, it's hard to keep up with the other games that are happening. And then yeah. sometimes when I get home, I don't want to watch other games. But that was like. One of the the few games this year where I've sat down and I watched the entire thing with, and I could actually hear the commentators. Yeah, 
what a weird few hours of football. You have Mark Jones who, I mean, if you haven't heard Mark Jones announce a game, like it's unlike anything else, the vocabulary, the words he pulls out, the way he sensationalizes things, but not like in a Gus Johnson way. It's not plays. It's just these overarching storylines that like sometimes aren't really even there. And then you have Lewis Riddick. So it's Mark Jones is like mostly a basketball guy. Lewis Riddick is mostly like an NFL guy. So he's like talking about draft stock the whole time. And it just made for this really weird experience where they'd come back from commercial and Colorado State was up in a game that they weren't expected to be. But then they would be running these little clips of Shadur Sanders highlights from Jackson State earlier this season because you could tell that they were going into like, Shadur's going to carve these guys and we need well, stuff yeah, to fill yeah, the time. I mean, I mean there's, there's, there would be no other reason why they would be covering a Colorado-Colorado right. State game otherwise. And so they, they just assumed... And I don't blame them. Like I think, yeah. By that I, time we thought Colorado would be good enough to just run away with it, but it was just weird. I I don't blame them, but it, it's it's also just kind of run parallel to like this overarching trend right now of it's just it's just excessive. Like like the 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 amount of like national media and columnists that have been lining up to just praise the simplest things that this coaching staff has done. Like even just like this week, like. They're playing loud music at yeah. practice and the Oregon fight song because they're going to play on the road. And, oh, my gosh, Coach Prime is so genius. Everyone, sure everyone, does ev- that. everyone does that. Or just, uh, um, you know, I, I saw another one after the game um, that it was, you know, the one thing that we've learned about Colorado State all through all of this is is they have more, like, as much fight as anyone in the country. And it's like they came back and won that game, but also they were favored to win that game by, like, right. 24 points. It's It's... Well, they they did the whole. I mean, ESPN Sports Center did the whole on Twitter. The whole Shadur Sanders is him. Like, yeah, he talked the talk and backed up well, and, through adversity. And, and like, like honest to God, there there's there's some people who are looking out for their own livelihoods here. Like, if Dion ends up being as successful as he's been so far, and let's say let's say Alabama continues to struggle this year. Michigan State's got an open job. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at, at this point, I don't think Michigan State would make sense for him. Like, no, it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna be either the best job in college football or the NFL. And if it's the best job in college football, and this is a guy who says he keeps receipts, all these national reporters are probably gonna want to be in good graces with Alabama. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's just gotten to this weird point where all of a sudden, like, I, because of this whole it's personal now thing, like, I don't, I I, I don't envy anyone having to cover that team. Yeah, the team is like a pain, even in the. Post games, like he, no one can finish their question before he starts. And I don't, I'm not saying that he's being rude by doing that, but it's just like it just seems like a really hard team to cover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On, on the flip side, like watching his post game though too, like you wrote about it a little bit. Yeah, what like watching his post game too, like he's the the thing with the media circus is it's turned him into a caricature. And you for like you forget that like this guy knows a lot of football. He was one of the best to ever play the game, and he also knows like the degree of difficulty in which you know like his little acknowledgement of like this press conference would have been brutal if we lost the yeah, game. I like that. Yeah, I did too. It's, it's just like a guy like it's a guy who knows like what he's getting into, and I think he's honest about what they had to improve. Too. And yeah, and and I. Yeah, I so I I I think I'm more upset about just the circus that we've turned this into more so than. I mean, we're sitting here talking. About yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Because I mean, like, like all this guy has done is really just like worn some different clothes and been a little bit brasher when talking about transfers. 
but he's doing the exact same stuff that every other college coach is doing. He's super honest, yeah. whether you like it or not. I mean, my favorite one he had is someone asked him about the crossing routes or something like that. Maybe he just got into it himself, but he was like, it's easy for you guys to sit up there and say, why can't they fix it? He's like, trust me, we see it too. We're on the sidelines trying to adjust, and it has to get better, but it's not like we're not trying. Yeah, it's it's, it's such a funny... Um, like you have three three school situations where you have Colorado where literally everything is put online. Like they have, they, you know, it's basically live stream twenty four seven between their players to the coaches to all the doc different documentary crews in there. You have Oregon where like Dan Lanning doesn't really give you anything, but like they like you know, but I, I'm not trying to make like a long connection to like the Lincoln Riley stuff yeah. down at at USC where. Uh, which was just ridiculous. Them, them suspending the the Orange County Register reporter for two weeks for writing a puff piece on. Did you, on yeah, the did run. you read this? Yeah, piece? yeah. Like the what what he got in trouble for was like writing. When when you do interviews, like usually some players are standing to the side, and one of the players had, was just acknowledging that he was a little shy. He was a freshman. It gives some color, like in. So it was yeah yeah like like I don't know how anyone could read that at all and be like suspend this reporter for. Well, the, like I get the very base level premise of like. It was a side conversation, and like I could see how if you caught the wrong conversation and blasted that out in an article, that could be harming the program. In this case, I mean, you saw because I think he even quoted the dad of like he mentioned it to the dad on the phone, and yeah. the dad laughed about it. He's like, "That's my son," and like we've both written pieces like that. Like there wasn't much there, so the reporter used that great scene. Yeah. It was like something I feel like it's both a, of us would try to yeah. do. No, it, uh, I was I uh, was 100% thinking that. I was like, man, I would be screwed if I was on the USC yeah. beat because if all if all we're allowed to get is just that on, on the words that are on the record and you're not allowed to like paint any picture or mm-hmm. whatever. Like it was just like what are we doing? Like yeah. we're we're not paid to just transcribe and and promote you guys. I I didn't they maybe, they also maybe, maybe we are. I don't know. <laughs> They mentioned like it was not the first instance of that, and it was some other things. But I mean, and not knowing what those other things are, like I can't imagine that it was anything different than like again setting the scene for who these people are. Because it's also a kid that I think is near my age. Yeah, he looks young at least. I don't really know him, and he is competing with like the big dogs. Yeah, and probably getting some better story, not better stories, but some more depth because he's doing stuff like that. Yeah, and and you did see. Uh... A lot of Oklahoma fans, like in the last day, be like, "Yeah, like that's that's Lincoln, like enjoy." Yeah. So, a lot of people came to his defense on Twitter, so I'm uh, sure that was nice for him. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you think about this uh, Pac-12 Mountain West uh, Super League type of proposal? So, full disclosure, like I've been dealing with so many different things that I hadn't like fully read through it, and you kind of explained it to me before we started recording, and like it sounds perfect, um, as perfect as it can be, given how much of a clusterfuck everything else has been. It makes a ton of sense. It's like kind of the Premier League thing of teams bumping up or being relegated um, to a lower kind of level depending on their performance. And I think it makes a ton of sense and it would give these other programs in limbo a chance to get some respect when it comes to their the their seasons and, and their records and whatnot. If they can pull off the like the TV right stuff and then also potentially still get... Big if there. Yeah, obviously. And if... if the top tier of basically they've proposed like proposed like the group of five schools would be divided into three kind of divisions, a top, middle, and bottom. 
if they were able to secure a, a, a football bid or a playoff bid for that top tier, like I love that for Oregon State. I would love that over them going to the Big 12 or, you know, whatever other options that they might. I mean, they probably don't have a whole lot of options right now, but for, for them to be able to be in a in a situation where the regular season season would be incredibly valued because it would be unique, it would be different. Uh, they would be playing against at least the, the good teams, kind of the cream of that crop, but then also to still potentially have like an avenue to the college football playoff, like, yeah, you're going to be making less money than, you know, com- the, the, the elite competitors out there, but you were going to be doing that anyways. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I like that look for them. I wish uh, this Washington State Oregon State game was uh, in Reaser because I would I would go to it mm-hmm. because I think it's going to be a fantastic game. It's going to be a much better game than Oregon Colorado. But again, I I think the whole broadcast and the discourse around it is probably not going to be about the game. It's going to be about here are these two teams that are having to compete, but they're coming together you know off the field to fight for their chance to stay relevant, and it's a bummer. Do Do you think? At what point in the year, if Oregon State keeps winning, do we start getting Jonathan Smith chatter? He's such a covering him versus covering like Dan or seeing this Lincoln Riley stuff. Like he's so different. Like I don't. I think he kind of just goes down with the ship there. But maybe I'm being naive, and that's it's a business. It's 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 an interesting one because I I do agree with you there. Like like Jonathan does seem to. While being an elite football coach, he does seem to at least balance a little bit of like the the human side. It <laughs> yeah. never seems like he's bullshitting you. Yeah. He might be. Yeah. He might be that good at it. But, but but at the same time, like the job he's done with that program the last four years to get them into where they're a top 15, 16 team from where they were is truly remarkable, especially especially when you consider that at no point was there a giant infusion of money. At no point was there a giant change in like you know, with, with Oregon, it was, they became a team that recruited at, at elite levels. Like yeah. that hasn't happened at Oregon state. He's just a really good freaking football coach. Yeah. He's winning with kind of old school. He's winning in, in, in ways that we don't see teams win in anymore in terms of how he's built that team. And again, like it's, I think it's pretty easy to sit back here and be like, Oh, this coach is good. This coach isn't, but it's in reality, like we don't know anything about that, but if you it, like the numbers and the, the route that team has taken to get here is undeniable. Who's the best team in the Pac-12 right now? I I think it, I don't know if I've wavered that much. I think it's oh, I don't know. It's you, tough. you know who's looked really good, Washington. Yeah, well, that's I was gonna say Oregon or USC, but I'm like I can't because I think Washington is right up there. And, and I mean I I don't think that Michigan State team is like the Michigan State teams that Oregon has like thumped its chest about beating over the mm-hmm. last ten years. But still, like that's that's a tough environment to go play, and then like. You don't just beat them like you kick it, like they kick their ass too. Mm-hmm. Penix is unbelievable. I like I, I I think it took me a while to come around a little bit just because same thing that you were talking about earlier. Like it's hard to always watch other teams' games when you're when you're covering mm-hmm. one team. But his accuracy. Uh, I was listening to it might have been Rosillo's podcast yesterday, but they were just talking about every time he drops back to throw a pass, Washington gains eleven yards on average. Even if it's like you know, Crazy. it's just yeah, it's, it's just it's just insane. It's he actually him and Sanders are kind of similar. Yeah, like in terms of like how they win, not win literally, but how they find success as passers is very similar. That the one thing that I I am really intrigued about this Oregon Colorado matchup though is Oregon's pass defense was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. They've been really good so far. They're, Statistically speaking, yes. granted, it's you know, yeah, yeah, they haven't they haven't played a great quarterback yet, mm-hmm. but they. 
I think they're sixth in the country in yards allowed per attempt at like 4.2. Um, they have four interceptions. They've been playing opportunistic. Um, yeah, well, it's a, it's, it is a test. Yeah, we'll I see. also think the pass rush is going to have a massive day. Pass pass rushes looked pretty good, man. Like Not that's, bad. that's the like, I I know it was kind of, somebody at, in my mailbag after Portland State. It was like, should we be sounding the alarm because we're going to have a sack in that game? And then um, that sacks are so situational. Yeah. I I think I I used to make a bigger deal out of them, even like as recent as last year. Than I think it was right to because I it doesn't. And it's hard to find some of the, it, 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 it's the other almost, numbers. It's but. almost like the basketball center who, like, you don't get the block, but he altered the sh- you know, right. like, like all versus three. like a Hassan Whiteside who was not a really good <laughs> defender, just blocked a lot of shots. So I think you're right, and I think like you look at their pass rush when they have like Birch and um, Mateo out there and Dorless and Popo, like Dakarupa is great, but then they have all these other guys and they like their true freshmen a lot on the edges and it. Again, like I think we. Before the season started, you and me both agreed that it was like it's gonna be hard for this defense to be any worse, and like the, the talent does seem like it, they seem faster out there, yeah. and it's not just the new guys like Bryce Betcher, like a missile out there. There's all these guys that pop. It um, I'm I'm doing a home and home this week with Capel, and we're focusing on Colorado at the lead of it because Washington's playing Cal, and next week Washington's playing Arizona, and then it's. Washington, Oregon. And so it's it's fascinating how Oregon has this monster game here. They had a big road. I mean, Washington had a big road game too. But Michigan State's not all that. So it's essentially Washington's first real tough game is going to be Oregon in a couple weeks. And and Oregon obviously has this thing. So it'll be be just fascinating to see like how those teams progress as they they go towards that October 14th meeting. It's going to be a huge one. I mean, without getting getting into it too much, I mean... Seems like a kind of a, it could easily be like a who gets the ball last kind of game, but it could also be that one where it's like. I mean, that's how it was last year. It right? was, yeah. and maybe this year Oregon flexes its muscles up front and just plays more ball control. Who knows? Um, okay, I got, I got. Uh, no, I'll save this for Washington week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say like, Oregon State Wazoo. We won't. I mean, it's, it's after the Oregon game, but I, I know you'll be writing. That's gonna be a one that one that you maybe you go back and watch later, but. Does anything like in terms of the on-field stuff of that one really catch your eye? Because um, those are like they're two pretty good teams. Yeah, yeah. I Oregon State's Oregon State's pass rush has been freaking great. It was really good last week too. Uh, I think they had six sacks. I know we just talked about <laughs> right, uh, but that's gonna be that's gonna be an important team to try to get to the quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. Washington State has probably the least talked about good quarterback in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, they throw the ball a lot. They get rid of it quick. Um, yeah. Wh- wh- Ward did what Sanders did against Colorado State, but he did it better, and they won by 26. Yeah. So that's that's going to that's gonna be a tough tough place for them to play. But if uh, – I was going to say it's a shame that, like, that game is this early in the year. But, like, when you start to look at it because of, like – how good everyone in the Pac-12 is this year. Like, it's it's good week mac- matchups just about every week. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, seeing the numbers by these teams. I know... Because they, they play freaking Utah next week, too. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, and this week, like, UCLA is 22nd. Uh, Utah, uh, 11th. It's going to be in Salt Lake City. Cam Rising, I'm still not sure if he's going to play. I, I don't think anyone has a t- clue yet. Like, that's another big one, too. And it's going to be every week. Because you think you've, you've probably gotten to this point now where the conference is... Sh- 
uh, rankings-wise strong enough where one loss for these teams won't plummet them. So it'll probably be a lot of ranked ranked on ranked matchups going forward. What else is going on in your life? <laughs> not too much, not man. Too, not too much. Just head down, grinding, <laughs> hustling. Uh, yeah, how about you? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just like... like Football season, like, you get into such, like, a a weekly mindset. And, you yeah. know, it's just... it's just perg- And this is something that I've always struggled with my writing, too, in covering a football season, is you get so week to week to week that you kind of forget to, like, pull back and, like, look at some of the big picture things or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in Tyson's world, um, hockey started back up, you oh, know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, we're... Uh, we had, we had nice nice first two games. Um, had a nice shootout goal a couple of weeks ago. You okay. know, I'm getting back. Okay. I, I got I got to lose a couple of lbs. I'm feeling a little stiff out. Are there, we getting you know? a mixtape soon of your highlights? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it'll be it'll be like a whole week's worth of corridor coverage. Fantastic. Have, have you found? Have you? Because you you hooped a fair amount down in Eugene. Yeah. Have Have you found any place to to run up here? Yeah. Uh, there's like a group of guys I go with at the Cellar Fitness. I kind of just stumbled into like the Gresham one is kind of near me so I go there and three four times a week as as, as someone who the, the sports I played always had to be fairly organized right like it's like there's ice time at this time and even if it's pickup it's you everyone gathers as someone who never got into basketball you just show up and like <laughs> sometimes like, yeah. like get in line and, and yeah, cause I, I just, I've had a very untraditional like I like, I didn't I got hurt before my freshman year of high school, or during tryouts, actually, so I didn't play in high school. The Shane Hoffman origin story. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, And and the only reason I didn't make it to the NBA is my love for journalism. That's what holds me back, (laughs) you know? No, it's kind of just, yeah, you show up, it's whatever, and it's it's nice to get that kind of competitive energy out. Um, I I did want to ask you, though, because you made a point a second ago about just getting kind of caught up in, like, the week-to-week of it all, and it's hard hard to always take in the bigger picture. At the same time, I feel like, especially with the type of writing you do, um, and with how much is going on in the bigger picture, I almost feel like the actual football on the field is more muted than ever. Do yeah. You feel, do you feel like it's... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I actually... Um, I, I think at like a very, very local level, it's not. Because, I mean, like if, if you look across... I mean, like let's get specific with Oregon here. If like you look across like the Oregon beat... You know, at, at the Oregonian, at two four seven, at at Ducks Wire, um, at Scoop, like they're all I probably missed a few in there. So yeah, like. they're they're all still there, like every day reporting like the day to day stuff. Yeah. But but I think, I think the general um, when I was at the Athletic, the the first focus was like do everything hyper local. We're going to hire all these guys on their beats, and mm-hmm. like we're going to just like dominate the local coverage. And over the years, it just got more and more like try to get like try to write stuff that might transcend like regionally or nationally a little bit more like things that just like kind of go to a wider audience. And like I, I think there's been a, a much larger expansion of that too, mm-hmm. where it's just like you can you can still you can still like lock on to like certain angles, but they're then just kind of like one thing is really grabbed like like the Dion thing. Like there's a lot of really cool things happening on West Coast football this year. And I'm sure there's actually a lot of cool things happening on Colorado too that aren't like Shador or Travis Hunter or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's like, hey, people know this, I can run with this and we can get clicks or subs or whatever. And and I'm not trying to be critical. It's just it's just what it is. You're you're trying to you're trying to go for the widest possible funnel. Um and so I think that 
this year that that funnel has included three alignment stuff. It's included Deion Sanders. Like if you're trying to talk to people nationally about like what's happening with like Oregon on the field, like it's Bo Nix, but then like, you know, I, I think it's harder to sell some of these teams too uh, nationally because like nobody knows who Oregon's running's back. Like, you know, there, there, yeah. there was a time where it's just like teams have like the same players for two or three years. And like, you kind of like build up a bit. Um, and that's just, you don't have that new, when there's, when there's less attached to the team, you kind of focus on the larger scale things, I think. And it's, and that, it's, that was, that was really long and rambling, but no, no, no. I'm, but, and, and that's the, the tough part too, because with all the turnover, these teams from a person to person, player to player point of view, like no, have never been less known by their fan bases. And then it goes back to Lincoln Riley thing of like, this kid's trying to tell the story kid, like I'm his age, whatever. Right. But, um, about who this player is that you're seeing in, you know, it might have been, I guess it was just like kind of garbage time. But yeah, so that, that's what's... It's, 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 it's such a tough line to walk to because then like, okay, if we're, if we're only allowed to view these players in athletic prisms, mm. pr- prisms um, then all you know about them is that. And then, then it's like you're... Then, then I think you should be able to criticize it. You know, like if you're taking away the humanizing elements out of them, yeah. Then you have what, then what's left is just the did they play well or not. The uh, so friend of the program, someone used to work with Andrew Greif, he had told me a while ago he was like, because he covers NBA now, and like there's so many games, and think like those teams can change so much in the season. I think he said something like. When he goes into writing a game story, he's like every game, especially when he was covering like football, he's like every game is like a chapter. It sounds very cliche, but yeah. like a chapter in that um, team's book for the season, whatever it is. Uh, he probably said a lot more eloquently than that. And I like since then, like I definitely have tried to focus in on that kind of stuff more. And I think both, I mean, your writing and then my writing, which a lot of it has been patterned after you, like isn't as focused on the nuances of every little thing happening on the field because. It's really hard to have opinions about that and be accurate and fair. But I do feel like lately for me, and I'm wondering if you feel the same way, I like I'm stumbling into the big picture thing. Not not the realignment always, but just like the big picture of that team. And then sometimes I feel like it can be easy to just kind of write the same thing. Like for so long now, and rightfully so, it's been like Oregon's defense or it's been like Oregon State getting a quarterback. And I just I just go back and read stuff sometimes. I'm like, wow, I really hammered this home. And then I hammered home two weeks later. Right. So, like, I, so I was I was actually thinking about that um, Saturday when I was – because my Hawaii story was very big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was moving towards Colorado. And it was very – And like, sometimes you have to. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking about that in the, in the game. And it was when, when I started at the Oregonian and I was Grice number two, like as the sidebar guy. I, I loved that because you didn't yeah. – you could write whatever you wanted. And it didn't even necessarily have to like – that was my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, hey, Royce Freeman rushed for 140 yards in this game. You know, Marcus Mariota threw 18 touchdowns, so that's going to be the story. But like, yeah, like I'm going to go write like a 600 word sidebar on like Royce Freeman, like just yeah. very narrow focused on Royce Freeman for the. And I loved that, and like, I I got really good clips because of that too, because like you can, it's just like you know a lot of people have uh, the responsibility of having to tell the complete thing. But if then and you can tell like a, a complete story on one very specific thing, like it really, um, I, I think it just kind of uh, fills in fills in the the leaves on the trees of the beat, you know. <laughs> right. But then it, it, when you do come back to like what you're doing now, say when you're going down um, to like the Hawaii game, for example, or or let's take this Colorado game where the on field stuff will matter a little bit more than did with Hawaii. Like it, I feel like that makes it even harder though because you have this. 
skill set and this experience of running sidebars and then when you're the one person covering it for what is now your website mm-hmm. and so you can take it any direction you want but with that freedom comes this like well i should hit on the game yeah and yeah. then i should loop in like a sidebar-esque kind of story to right, it right because like i mean it's tough with the corridor too because i I, I assume most people who are reading the corridor are reading other things too because I you know think like, that's like I, a fair but, but and watching the game probably correct but at the same time they're like there probably aren't you know there's probably some people who may, might have missed the game mm-hmm. or, or don't read other stuff and so like I'm always kind of like yeah it, it's weighing the probably need to tell like that complete whole story because I like I, I want I want my website to be a complete experience I don't want you to like go there and be like all right now I gotta go somewhere else but also like I I just it, it's, it's yeah it's, it's hard to balance those two <laughs> i found like for me lately the hardest part in every type of reporting i've been doing and writing is like how can i get the details that need to be in there in there in an efficient way that doesn't bog it down and doesn't feel like i'm that, that, stepping to the side and doing this whole that's not like like eight paragraphs of context before right. then you get back into the story that honest honestly god that that was probably when i started turning the corner most in my writing and that took me probably into like my last year at the war going or into the athletic where like you kind of start getting into that narrative flow and you figure out areas where you can sprinkle in some of that background mm-hmm. context. So it's not so, and like, I'm not great at this either. I've just gotten better at it over the years. Like I'm, I, I hope that I'm going to keep getting better at it, but um, yeah, it's just, it, some of it's just like finding your voice too. Like, yeah. like the, the one thing that's nice with my site is like, I've, I think, I think the proudest thing isn't so much necessarily you know, I don't know if I've like told the best stories, but I think I've established like my writing voice very much. Like it's it's very much like a corridor yeah. story when you read it. Um, yeah, that's a challenge. You'll get there. Yeah. It, it, and if and if you don't, um, you could learn to code. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a, a lot of nur- uh, a lot of nursing positions open if you're good with blood. Um, yeah. Um, much more financially stable. De- Dion might need some social media guys. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, his son's. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the sun rankings this week, but no, I. And I don't want to go on this too much longer, but I, I think when when you first start writing, if the, if you have a good teacher or the ones I had, were were like you're not supposed to write, you don't have to write everything, you don't have to write in order, and that's what's hard is like getting into the the guts of the structure and figuring that out. And like, I think I used to do so much of the, and then this person did this, and then they did this, and this was their high school career, and this is what that happened every year of their college career so far, and like you don't need all that. But then I got like too far away from it where then I would go back and maybe I'd read something you wrote and like there's ways to do it in like a paragraph. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to be simple writing that isn't eye-catching but you need that in there for context. You didn't watch Winning Time at all this season, did you? I watched a few and then I just, I got sidetracked. I was watching Top Boy on Netflix which did, is one of my favorite shows. Did, were, were you, did you like it last year and you got bored by this year or was it you just watched it a little bit last year? I liked it a lot last year. Some episodes more than others. I was excited for it to come back. I watched um, the first two episodes and I liked them. They didn't blow me away, but I wasn't. It wasn't like, it, like, like I it, just and I literally just didn't get around. It, it. it was like I, I thought winning time. And the reason we're talking about this is it just got canceled after its second season and canceled on a hilarious note because the the final scene is the Lakers losing in the eighty four finals and like the last acted out scene is Magic Johnson like in the shower crying and then then they do a tacked on like next year the lakers came back and won the time you know right. um it, it was it was entertaining when it was on it was interestingly shot i thought the acting was great but like they they somehow turned the showtime freaking lakers into like the most boring hour of television like it just moved slow like 
Because, so, again, I've only watched a few, so yeah. you think it got worse as the it, season went on? Yeah, it, oh, 100%. It, it, they, they would fill scenes with, like, the, the every episode had, like, a six-minute scene of, like, Magic talking to Cookie on the phone. And it was just kind of... That like, stuff was, like, like, like... Yeah, like, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. And then, like, eight episodes were all, like, about Paul Westhead and how he was losing the team. And, like, it was, like, building to him being fired. And then, like, the next episode is, like, four years later. Like, they were just trying to... They were trying to put way too much into. Yeah, because there's also the relationship between. Yeah, it was like the bus family. Yeah, you're talking about the bus family. You're talking about Magic and Cookie. You're talking. To, you're trying to do like Larry Bird and Auerbach over at like Boston. Like they were trying to do like all of these things. And then you also, it's only coming out once a week. Exactly. Yeah. And it makes me go back to like because I didn't, I didn't still have never finished the last season of Barry, and I think I had two episodes to go, and it made me think like, what a. Like, when you look at, like, Succession now, it's, like, in other shows like that, like, to be able to just have it on that weekly basis where everything is surrounding it on social media, this, that, and, like, everyone is so invested. It never took a dip. You, you could have episodes you liked more than others, but there was never an episode where, me personally, I was like, nah, not not great, you know? I, I, I would turn uh, Winning Time on and, let's say, uh, episodes an hour. I'd probably watch, like... 32 minutes of it yeah the rest of it would be like kind of scrolling the phone like, yeah like tuning in or out that's kind of the these yeah. days for me like if i'm on my phone i know i'm not into the show yeah. that's the the biggest kind of giveaway for that and like you said they were trying to do so many things where true hoops fans like couldn't really learn much from it because it wasn't accurate and again you know like oh magic and cookie are gonna end up together like the, that happened in real life the, the, the one the one thing that i do regret not regret but like i thought uh, adrian brody was really good as pat riley and this like that, that was like the one decent development of the show like later in in that season yeah. was like he becomes head coach and i thought he was a great i'm lot. gonna i'm gonna finish it and i yeah. like the, the way they cast magic and kareem and bird like really good and that's yeah. hard to do and the, the basketball scenes were great and so it's weird that given those things it failed i i have uh this really kills my dream because as we're sitting here recording in my house and you can see my uh, my inline rollerblades <laughs> here, I saw a uh, how they were filming the basketball scenes. For yeah, that. crazy. And it was a guy on rollerblades in the camera, just basically like running up and down the court like that. That should have been me. It should have been me. <laughs> you think you'd have a career there, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, what's gonna happen Saturday? Score prediction before we get out of here. I think Oregon. Both was... games. You know, my Utah UCLA one also. No. <laughs> uh, Oregon, Colorado. I think Oregon. I think they, they end up getting up like three scores at one point. And then I think Colorado probably puts up some garbage time touchdowns. So it's probably something like 45 28. And then on social media, we say, you know, and Colorado just didn't give up. Yeah. You know, they ended on a good note. Oregon State Wazoo, I have no idea because it's in uh, Pullman. It's going to be close. I think there's no way it's not a one-score game. Um, I think that Oregon State maybe just kind of takes the air out of the ball with that run game, though. As much as wow, the Wazoo front is good, what do you think? I, I agree with that. Because, like, I even despite the fact that Oregon State went out and got a five-star quarterback who can throw the ball, like I think that they can still and will still play bully ball when it's advantageous to them. Yeah. And, and that'll probably be more in, like, November, but this is the first game where it will be advantageous to them. The I mean, it's a little windy out there right now. Some, yeah. some clouds well, are coming in. you're still sitting under deck, it's, you know? it's, it's, it's feeling folly out. Um, what about Oregon? Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to say... So my, my, my only worry is 
let's say Colorado gets the ball first and they they score on their first drive. Like I I could see them like running like two quarters just on momentum. Like if mm. if, if they get something going early and kind of feeding off things, but I don't think that's gonna happen. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say forty five to. 45-17. All right. Yeah. That'd be good for the defense. You mentioned, like, the momentum thing. It was interesting watching is my last thought is just, like, it's interesting watching Colorado State because they, they get that lead, and, like, it was just quiet as can be in there because these fans, like, didn't really, like, they're all of a sudden they think they're a good team, and then they're failing, and, like, Austin will not be quiet at any point. I still think the best line I wrote this week was, uh, um, like Hollywood, Colorado, mm-hmm. realize you can't just good. attach the rock to a project and expect success. <laughs> Great note to end yeah. on. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we're going to have some pretty good coverage coming out of this weekend. Actually, the next couple days are going to be pretty loaded. So uh, check that out at i-5corridor.com. This is Tyson Alger for Shane Hoffman. We'll see you next week. Go Grizz.